It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's Jason Wildey with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers on ESPN Wisconsin. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show. Tuesdays with Aaron, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Double duty, you're the director of the show today as well. I am. I can't hear anything you're saying. No, I can, but you can't hear but anything. But I can, can hear you? you now. Oh, good. It's working. Uh, but I can't. Thanks for fixing it. But I can't hear anybody back uh, at headquarters. So you can, yeah, you, you're number two here. Does that yeah, help at all? I'm number two. Can you hear everything now? I can still hear you. Good. That's all you need. Well, that's all. That matters. But you can't hear you. Well, that's that's really good news for everybody. God. Uh, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How's, Thanks for asking. Happy Thanksgiving week to you Happy Thanksgiving and yours. You. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and everybody out there listening, if there is anybody still listening. <laughs> There's always people. I don't know why you run down. We need to get some of those sounds, you know, the, the just the soundboard so we can add into the bum bum ching Yeah. You know, is, that, is that next? We get, yeah. Well, maybe you'll Camera. renew your contract. We can do that next year. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> see how the demand is out there. Hey, how's the coffee today? It's great. You got a great a sugar cookie uh, creamer. Just a just a dab of the creamer. Well, I wanted to ask you about beverages to start our show today. Oh, yippee! Um, how long have you been drinking uh, Orange Crush after games? I mean, Grape Crush after games? Seven years. Seven years. Seven years to all the idiot trolls out there. Seven years. Uh, PBJ and yeah. Grape or orange crush? Been grape for about the last five. The first couple of years, it was orange or grape. Right. Seven years. I uh, I tweeted out a link after I saw um, some unhappy Vikings fans and other people who thought they had something. Idiots. Um, you can choose that word if, if, yeah, if you so I will. choose. Um, in 2012, after the preseason game against Kansas City, when your buddy Graham Harrell had a perfect passer rating. I happened to use that as my lead because he stole your PB&J, and your quote was, he can have my grape crush, too, because he had a perfect passer rating. So I was a little surprised, and people who listen to this show, I believe the first year we were on, we talked about that being your Yeah, we've talked about it many times, and anybody who knows any of the local media or anybody who's seen me after a game, I'm always carrying that around yeah. uh, with me. That's <laughs> so. like your, that's part of your 80 per, your eighty. That's the 80-20 right? for sure, you never, yeah. you hardly ever drink soda or coffee anymore. That's probably the only soda that I that I ever drink is uh, it's right after the game when you got to get those nutrients back in you. Uh, yeah, nutrients. That's, that's what <laughs> we're yeah, looking that's, for. Yeah, that's my post-game, uh, PBJ and the, and the grape. Grape crush. I do like it, contrary to anybody who thinks that I was trolling anything. I mean, that's just so absolutely ridiculous. Well, it's, the only thing I would it's say... It's comical. Well, I w- the reason why I was surprised is because... And I heard somebody on the radio as we were driving to the stadium say that you were buttering up Mike uh, Zimmer uh, on local Minneapolis radio. And I also know that wasn't the case. Like, I don't... Like, you're always very... Buttering up when? With the things you said during the week about that wasn't him, at all. the conference call. It was the truth. I mean, it's the you truth. really like him. I do. I mean, I, they don't like going against him. I mean, he's, he's right. always had good plans against us. But, uh, but no, I give credit where credit's due. He's, he's changed the game. You know, he's come up with a scheme that uh, probably almost every other team has in their package, just seven or eight up looks that nobody else was doing before right. Before he was doing them. So, um, yeah, I don't do those kind of things. You know what I mean? It's, well, you may have said something at the end of your 18-yard run. Yeah. Well, the coach says something first. It was one of their coaches on the sideline? Yeah, I think so. What did he say? He just said some mean things. <laughs> did he hurt your feelings? No. Okay. 
I hope I didn't hurt his, though. I, I told, uh, I did tell uh, Harrison um, that, uh, you know, uh, make sure you pass on any uh, any apologies necessary if I if I offended him by what I said. <laughs> and I won't take any offense to what he said about me. And that was kind of the message there. Okay. So that, if there was any, uh, any bad ill will, that was uh, during that play, not during your uh, soda drinking after the game. Um, you mentioned, I want to talk a couple things about the game. One, you mentioned... Uh, Mike Zimmer and what he does. Um, there's a great story in the New York Times. I know you talked to their writer when he was here last week uh, about you and the cadence, and we've talked before about your frustration with the microphone and being on your center and stuff like that. But um, it was really well done. If you haven't read it, check it out. It's uh, it's really interesting about why you don't wear the mouth guard, which we've talked about before. But I'm wondering how hard has that been to perfect because that's what the story is basically about, is how you've perfected it. And and I'm just wondering how you've been working on it all the way back to, what, Butte College? Pleasant High Valley School, High yeah, School? yeah, PV. Chico Jaguars, maybe. <laughs> do, I have to, do I have to ch- track down the Chico Jaguars again? Because I have done it once You didn't already. track down Coach Nanez. That's what I'm a little disappointed about. Okay. we got to get that story out there when he wired me up against uh, against the Orville's eighth-grade midget team. Uh, he put like a wire on me so he could talk directly into my helmet, which of course was illegal in eighth grade. But revolutionary! Well, yeah, amazing, great idea, um, Coach Nanas. Thank you. They for really that. call them midgets still? Is that should they not call? Is that okay? There was midgets, them? junior midgets, and then uh, I don't know if it was little people, mighty mites, and uh, junior mighty mites. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, it was midgets and junior midgets. So. I think you're not supposed to say midgets. Well, that's what it, it, was, it was a long time ago, I guess. But, I guess. But that's, that's, you're not that old. That was. Chico Jaguars. I'm sure they probably changed that. So how did you how did how did you go about perfecting this? I I, well, I don't think it's it's perfect. I think it, you know it's it's always changing. Like this league, you know, it's it's a cyclical. You know, things come back around and, and different cadences come back around and ideas and um, you know one thing that uh, that people are doing you know watching Peyton with his Omaha stuff. You know, Omaha guys, guys have a couple guys have actually uh, you've heard them. They say Omaha as well. So I'm sure Omaha Steaks is very happy about that, but there's there's other guys doing uh, doing some quick cadences after a check or or in between the, a long count to, to get a to get a snap off, um, you know. But there's there's two and three cadences that uh, have kind of surfaced a little more in the last few years as as people hear everything that's going on. You know, it's a, it's a copycat league, much like you know when I gave Mike Zimmer credit for his seven and eight up looks. You know, other teams are copying that. Chip Kelly the week before I talked about you know some of his schemes are are the most readily copied uh, in the league. Same thing with cadences. You know, people are going to copy uh, long counts or ideas about how to get a quick count off or how to get a freeze count going. So um, you're always looking for ways to reinvent things based off of uh, things that, uh, that people get accustomed to hearing or seeing, and that's when you can really uh, keep up uh, with the evolution of this league is when you're always changing the face of things uh, to, to try and uh, still keep that advantage. How to work on Sunday? Because when they well, it's tough the, on the road. Yeah, it's tougher right. on the road because you can't hear as much uh, uh, offensively, and the crowd did a good job of staying in it. We weren't able to kind of get them in a position where we could use some live cadence uh, in the shotgun. So, um, you know, it's a little different on the road, but obviously when you're at home you have the opportunity here uh, to hear things better, and you can uh, incorporate the, the count a little bit better. And last thing on that, I was talking about this with Alex and Drew today. It's uh, you you like the five yards. You want the free five yards. But for you, it's more important to get the free play that you get out of that when they jump, right? I mean, Yeah, as long as you're not taking a major shot. 
that's it's the five yards is great. Anything after that's a bonus. Yeah, but you you like you're kind of anti unabated to the quarterback. Stop it, Oh, hundred percent I'm anti unabated, yeah. I just think I can get away from him. Okay. No, it might be misplaced confidence there at times, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like I can get away from him sometimes. Uh, a couple other things going on uh, off the field, um, and then we'll start talking a little bit about the uh, biggest game in the National Football League all year uh, all year long. Apparently, um, your offensive lineman in pitch perfect two, and uh, sources indicating that you had the opportunity to join them had you so chosen. Unnamed sources or actually unnamed? No, yeah. unnamed. I, I don't really like getting into unnamed sources. I know you don't. Or, or, or denying those things. So, <laughs> okay. um, but I said last night on, on Larry McCarran's show uh, that uh, I sent uh, the best singer in our family down there. So my little brother uh, is is in there. You can see him in the in the freeze frame of Clay doing the the flexing there, which is pretty impressive. Uh, that he's in the top left. Uh, yeah. Uh, tap left there. So he had a good time. Those guys had a blast down there doing it. They're, they're all big fans of the show. I think it kind of started with uh, with Bakhtiari uh, and my little brother actually doing some tweets back and forth. About, Are those two guys friends? Yeah, Dave uh, Dave and Jordan um, room together. We're, we're all with Athletes First, uh, uh, which is out of Orange County, um, our agency, and they roomed together as they got ready for the combine uh, in their own, uh, their own pro days and became really good friends. Uh, and then I got to meet. Uh, actually, they didn't room together, but they roomed the same complex. Jordan actually roomed with Mike Glennon, um, but uh, but Dave and Jordan were always playing the video games and hanging out after their their workouts and stuff. So it was awesome that Dave ended up coming here. And then uh, obviously him and Jordan have stayed good friends. And and then the whole thing with the, the pitch perfect too kind of kind of went on, took so, off from there. So no regret that you're not in it and you sent your brother. I mean that that's getting a lot of attention. You, I'm sure you fancy yourself an okay singer. We've we heard about karaoke with uh, at Mikey's Pub a couple weeks ago, right here on this show. Yeah, I, I was a great singer back in my, my rookie rookie in second year. Uh, I haven't worked on my voice as much. I, I I was once called the songbird of my generation. I don't know if they'd refer to me as that anymore. Um, have you have seen Pitch Perfect? Are you as yeah? I have seen your fan. Not as big of a fan as the linemen are, I guess. I'm not as big. A, those guys are fanatical about it. They even uh, taped themselves singing some of the songs as they uh, as they all kind of made their way down to Louisiana to, to shoot that. And thankfully, uh, I got a hold of some of those videos and was able to share that with uh, the uh, the offensive group in uh, in some of my Saturday morning meetings. Uh, uh, so that was exciting, but uh, Don Barkley especially really um, got into it a lot. He's a big fan, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's it's a it's a great movie, really funny, and uh, I'm sure the sequel is going to be great. Speaking of tracking down videos, one, you mentioned last week that Jerry Fontenot, the tight ends coach, is quite the guitar player. Sources again, unnamed. Actually, I can name them. the sources. Jerry Fontenot said that. Years ago when he was playing with the Saints, Monday Night Football did a thing where players played with bands. I remember that. Do you know who Jerry Fontenot played with? It is your all-time favorite band in the history of music. Nickelback. I think you need to start working on that video. Wow. (laughs) Jerry, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So that's one video that I was going to assign Thank you. Thank you for the heads up on that. I'm, I'm definitely going to be tracking that down. And anybody, if anybody can find that, and I can't, please email Jason Wildy 
and they will forward that to me, and uh, and I will give you all the credit. I already reached out to ESPN, too, in hopes that they can uh, find that. The other um, – so we're talking to James Campen last week, and we had some off-the-record conversation with him, but there, before we went off the record with him, he said that he was in a movie. We were asking him about the guys being in Pitch Perfect. Do you know which movie he is in? I can tell you that I heard which movie he was in, and I watched that crappy movie for two hours to try and find him so I could screenshot it, and I could not see him in any of those, so I think it's a lie. Okay. So you know which movie it is? Yeah. And you're sworn to secrecy, too? or Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I want to get to the I want to find somebody who's going to go on the record on this, and I want to find this screenshot of, of he's Jim, not in James there. You don't I'm, I'm going to watch it. it again, but he, he was not in there. Okay, and the movie is not good. No, it's bad acting. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> All right, we will. Uh, we will. Amon Green's in a, in a few movies. He's in. He's uh, apparently in the new Batman and Superman movie. Is he really? Yeah, he's in Big Stand. Seen that with Rob Schneider? I have not. <laughs> I'm sure that's a great one. Yeah. Where is that in the pantheon of Aaron Rodgers movies? It's, it's not in the pantheon. Yeah, it's 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 not in there. Um, one other thing. Amon uh, did good, really good though. Jordy Nelson is on uh, the cover of Sports Illustrated this week, mm. and uh, apparently the story I haven't read it yet. Tim Layden wrote it. Um, is a, at least in part about how he grew up on the farm. Mm. I'm just wondering, I know Tim interviewed you last week during the process of writing this story. Did you spoil the farm story by pointing out the GPS and the air conditioning and the tractor and everything else that you've been pointing out on this show repeatedly? Probably. But I, at the same token, I'm sure I raved about uh, the pies, great pies. Right. Uh, great fillers of that 20%, those pies that uh, his mom and sister and grandma make. You don't drink grape crush with them, though. You, I'm guessing you have no. milk. A little coffee with the pie is good, yeah. Okay. Um, but I wanted to use that as a jumping-off point. When you look at Jordy's season, he's already over 1,000 yards. you got five games left. He's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. People are starting to realize that he is an elite receiver. Um, can you put into perspective, I remember talking to Charles Woodson about this, and we talked about it on the show at the time, that there were a lot of people that underestimated him, and Charles said it was because he was white. Um Big picture, how good is your number one receiver, and how proud of you of him are you that he's had the kind of year that he's had? Well, he's had great years almost every year he's been here, um, so I'm not surprised by it at all. But uh, this year he's uh, he just gotten even more opportunities. I think uh, the way the offense has gone, and um, you know the additions and subtractions that we've had. You know he's been. Uh, having the opportunity to be in the number one in the progression many times, or just based on the matchup, uh, uh, you know, he's been getting a lot more throws going his way, so I'm, I'm really happy for him. You know, the thing that I always like to like to bring up with Jordy uh, is his character. I mean, he is uh, an excellent teammate, a great locker room guy, and a great leader. Um, those things go such a long way uh, as far as gaining the respect of your teammates, coaches, fans, the guy throwing you the ball, um, you know, the guy loves playing football, but he loves being a part of something special. And Jordy's always uh, had that perspective where he just he knows his place and he knows what a privilege it is to play for the Packers. And, uh, you know, he, he works so hard to, to be the best and he loves, uh, loves learning more about the position, challenging himself, looking for ways uh, to get on the same page with me every week, even though we spend a lot of time talking and, and uh, reps on the practice field 
uh, he's always looking for more ways to uh, um, to get in my in my head and make sure that uh, that I know what he's thinking about on on certain routes. So uh, I'm really proud of him. Uh, he does things the right way. Uh, he uh, cheers for his teammates. He blocks for his teammates. Um, he's you know he just loves being a part of something special, and uh, we're really blessed to have a guy like that. Uh, you know, be one of the faces of our franchise. You guys still carpooling to uh, road games at the airport? Yeah, we do sometimes still. It's worked out pretty good over the over the years. Um, we have to look ahead to the Patriots here. We'll go inside the helmet, and then we'll break them down a little bit more. But, I, I, look, I know what you're going to say. Um, it's not you versus him. It's you against the Patriots' defense and him against the Packers' defense. But as a competitor, are you excited to face your friend Tom Brady and, and – be going against another one of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 excited about the game. It's it's a great opportunity for us to to play a top-notch team that's got a great great uh, Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame coach, uh, some incredible players on on both sides of the ball. So it'll be a great test for us. You know, it'll be like uh, you know, like Philly for us. You know, it's a measuring stick on where we stack up with a. You know, a team that many people are saying it's the best team in the league right now is playing the best. They've won seven in a row. Um, you know, I said last night, similar situations. Uh, people were kind of down on them after the Kansas City loss and talking about is it time to, to move on from Brady? Is he getting old? Or is the team not where it should be? And then what happens? I mean, Tom goes on, you know, absolute runs on fire. The defense playing great. They've won seven in a row, and everybody's saying they're the best team in the league. I saw uh, um, Wilfork had some comments that, uh, you know, I thought we're, we're, um, we're funny. He's talking about everybody's trying to get back on the bandwagon now after they were, everybody was dogging them when they were two and two. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what happens at times in this league. Is, is you go through some uh, some rough rough points, and it kind of reveals the character of the football team. And obviously, they have uh, a lot of character in that locker room and, and guys who who stuck together. And that's the most important thing. And in, in, uh, when you face adversity, and our team had to go through it as well, and we stuck together, got on a roll, and won uh, seven of eight. So it's a couple hot teams coming together, and uh, it'll be a great matchup. I I was working on a little story yesterday, and I was searching for pictures, and I found one of the two of you talking in 2010, um, and then I found one of you guys at the Kentucky Derby. I think this year. Can you give us a little glimpse into your friendship? I know you're private, but how how good friends are you guys, and how often do you? Uh, it's not a typical friendship like you and Jordy. You talk every day, but what's your friendship like with him? Yeah, Tom's been uh, been a buddy for a few years now. Uh, seen him a few times in the off season, and uh, you know Tom loves talking ball. So uh, every time we get together, it's always fun to uh, to talk uh, football and and. Uh, and see what he's been uh, thinking about, and then talk about his season, and uh, you know maybe throw some film on and watch a little bit of stuff. Uh, but he's uh, he's a, a guy who I enjoyed watching when I was uh, a young player. You know, I watched uh, you know his 2007 season, and, and when he was uh, lights out. Uh, 50 touchdowns and and i was a young player trying to figure out you know what uh what does it look like uh you know not just obviously i saw it every day with brett but but what else does it look like you know what are some other guys who are at the top of their game doing and and uh and you know tom 
Tom's incredible. You know, he's got a great eye discipline and eye control. He's always had incredible subtle movements in the pocket that allow him to uh, to throw on rhythm and, and in a balanced position. And that's why that, that's how you, you become accurate is when you your feet underneath you, uh, you're on balance all the time. And Tom does a great job of getting his feet and his body in positions to throw the ball from a balanced position. And uh, he's a better athlete, I think, than, than people give him credit for. And he's able to extend plays uh, inside the pocket and, and every now and outside the pocket as well. Uh, but uh, he's done it at a, at a high level for a long time. And he's, you know, I remember when I talked to him a couple of years ago, he was talking about playing in his 40s. And, and uh, it'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. If anybody could do it, it's him because he takes care of himself uh, really well. And, and I know he's got that, that passion and desire to, to keep on proving people wrong. Um, you know you're going to hear a lot of hype about this game. I'll be as guilty of it as anybody. The TV networks will make a huge deal out of it. Uh, I know CBS protected it, so it wouldn't get flexed into a night game. But how big is this game? I mean, I know you want to win all your games, but I mean, I think we could argue that three of the other four remaining games are probably bigger because they're NFC games. One's a division game, and those are going to impact your playoff seeding potentially just as much as whether you win or lose on Saturday. So put into perspective. Are you going to write that article? You're probably not going to write that article, are you? I don't know. It depends if you give me a good quote right now. That would help. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I use this show for my own personal. You always have an angle. You know that? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, this is a a big game. It's a big game for us to to see where we're at. But... um, Every every game is big, and I said it after after the win on Sunday. You know, it doesn't have to be pretty, uh, because a win in November counts the same as a win in September. A three point win counts the same as a thirty point win. Um, you can't carry anything over except uh, the the mental momentum uh, of a, of a win. And uh, we're excited about where we're at. Uh, this is a you know a, a good game, uh, a good game that people are going to tune in, and enjoy watching. But uh, you know. We got five left. Every one of them is going to be important, especially where we're sitting now. We're in first in the division, but we still have a, a game against Detroit at home to, to finish it off. And we got, um, you know, three out of five at home and three out of five, uh, you know, in uh, in our conference. So uh, everything's stacking up uh, um, for us to uh, to need to win every game. But uh, so everyone, is, each one is not more important than the next. Each one is probably more important than the previous one. But uh, this one's more important than Minnesota, but it's not more important than any other game we played or any game we're going to play to finish the season out. Uh, to steal an Ask Aaron question, which we'll do the, the fun ones later, but Mike asks, uh, how do you mentally prepare for a game when the opponent is as good as the Patriots and you're going against a guy like Belichick, is it just the same as other opponents, or is it heightened? I think it's it's the exact same way as you would approach a, an uncommon opponent. This is a team we play once every four years uh, based on uh, the way the schedules lay out. And so you have to put in a little more time because you haven't seen uh, you haven't seen them as regularly as you see a, a team like Minnesota. But, uh, but no, other than that, it's the same preparation. You know, the outside of the, the building, each of our buildings, you know, the, the facility in in, uh, in New England, the facility here, you know, it's going to be billed as a humongous game. But, right. you know, I think each team over the years, the, the way our organizations work, we're always able to focus on uh, on the little things and the fact that it's just this is really just another game. It's number uh, 12 out of 16. But, um, you know, it's, it's important, but it's no more important than, than any other ones. I didn't, uh, I didn't get to watch the Patriots and Lions because I was at your game. But there was another question that I liked out of Ask Aaron. Uh, Josh says, Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate were virtually shut down on Sunday. Um, 
Do you anticipate having to leave the pocket a lot? I would add to that, you know, what challenge does it create when you've got two corners like these two corners? As good as your top two receivers are, what kind of challenge is that going to create for you? Well, it's definitely going to create a challenge because those guys are uh, incredible cover guys. But it's it's how the defense works together. It's the plan that they have. It's the execution and the way they play together. Um, but uh, I've always been a big uh, Revis fan. I've always thought that even when people were down on him, that, uh, that he was still you know one of the top guys in the league, uh, regardless of what the injuries he was dealing with or whatnot. Um, the guy can flat out cover. I mean, he's a competitor. Uh, it's competitive as all get out, and, and he can cover. Uh, and Brandon Brown, who I've actually played against in, in college when he was at Oregon State, uh, could not believe that that guy had to go to Canada to kind of get his thing going um, because in college he was unbelievable. I mean, he, he would lock down everybody uh, in, in college. So I'm, I'm happy for him that he's uh, been playing at such a high level since he's back in the league. And uh, the guy is a tough, tough competitor. He's strong. He's long. He's athletic. And uh, he really knows how to cover as well. So those guys uh, present some some big challenges for us. Uh, not to mention the protection uh, protection challenges that their front gives us, and, and the different type of schemes they can throw at you. Uh, it's a talented defense. And then you know that uh, with Tom on their side, you're going to have to score some points. Uh, Eddie obviously had a big game, running out the clock for you guys, carrying the ball more than he has all season. Although he carried it a lot last season. Um, the third and two call. Late, Mike McCarthy said he gave you the choice and you chose the run over the pass. Um, where is your confidence level and where Eddie is as the calendar turns, the weather turns, and teams may be doing everything they can to take uh, Jordy and, and Randall away? Yeah, it's never wavered with Eddie. I mean, Eddie's a talented guy. He makes so many plays for us in the in the run game, in the pass game, in the protection uh, pickups. Uh, he's a he's a great player. He's a football player. And Eddie was dealing with some some pain in the game. I'm really proud of him the way that he battled. Um, third and two. Uh, you kind of want to you have a timeout there. You yeah, you know, I was just kind of going off my gut there on, on how I felt the offensive line was feeling. And those guys played their butts off all day. Uh, they did a great job uh, run blocking, and then they did an incredible job in the protection like they have the last three games. Um, I just felt like that that play and that scheme that we had. Uh, gave us uh, as good a chance or better than uh, than than the past that we had talked about. Um, Mike, to his credit, kind of gave me the option, yeah. and I I felt like the run was our best uh, our best option there, and the guys uh, the guys made us both look good. Uh, one more thing, and then we'll go inside the helmet. You don't play on Thanksgiving this year. It's basically mm-hmm. every other year. Um, would you rather play on Thanksgiving, or do you kind of like not playing on Thanksgiving and and what do you have planned, actually? Because Mike McCarthy wants you guys all out of here by, like, noon or 1 o'clock, right? Would rather play on Thanksgiving. Yeah? yeah. I'd rather you played on Thanksgiving. It's it's uh, it's special. It is. It's one it of is. those, uh, you know, Thursday nights is, is an every-year thing now. For everybody plays on Thursday. But uh, but playing in Detroit, uh, the early game, uh, has, has always been uh, fun. Uh, it's a great battle. They're obviously a great football team. Uh, the environment over there um, on Thanksgiving has always been great. I remember uh, the first time we played there that uh, John Madden was doing the game, I believe. And that was uh, a highlight because, you know, for me growing up, we would drive to my aunt's house and always try to leave early enough to where we could catch uh, you know, at least the you know, second half of the early game, and mm-hmm. it was almost always uh, Barry Sanders, 
uh, and, and Detroit playing somebody and always enjoyed uh, that. And then obviously Dallas would usually have the afternoon game. But just some things that I think are staples of, of, uh, of Thanksgiving. Obviously Detroit's still playing, Dallas still playing. But, uh, you know, I think Detroit to Green Bay has always been something that I've enjoyed uh, being a part of and, and watching before I was a part of it. I remember Mike Sherman saying that he was always hoping that there would be a third Thanksgiving game and that you guys could do Thanksgiving in Green Bay. And then now they do have a third thanksgiving game would you like to have it at home at night or would you rather go to dallas or, or detroit i like i like the early game I and mean, we yeah. the years we've done that we've gotten home at uh, six o'clock and you're still able to have thanksgiving and right uh, if you win it's even a better thanksgiving right. let's uh let's go inside the helmet there were so many terrific plays uh to talk about i think my favorite though was the throw to cobb the third down throw, um, and I know you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of reminded me of 27 Tampa in the Super Bowl. That that was not 27 Tampa, right? Um, but it, it was. We the, don't have that play anymore. You threw it away. We recycled it. It's a little different now, but uh, oh, okay. It's not called that the, anymore. Can you take us through that play? Because I'm still there's basically three plays I've seen you throw where I thought, how the heck did he get that ball there? That one in the Super Bowl, the one where you threw it behind the dude's ear hole to Jordy in Minnesota last year, like I still don't know how. Like that guy's still trying to figure out how the ball got past him. And then the throw on Sunday. Can you take us through that one? I would put a couple other throws in there. One, I threw a ball to, to J. Mike, uh, I want to say nine against Detroit at home. That was kind of right uh, You know I just did this so you could show off. Right, right? underneath the... Peterson's arm there. He was covering him up the field. That was pretty, pretty sweet one. Um, that was after we actually drew him off sides, and they didn't call unabated the quarterback. And I ran around and threw him up the drive, who had gotten behind the defense. But, uh, but yeah, you know that that throw was a slightly blind throw actually. So I'm glad that uh, it ended up the way it did. Um, you know, Randall did a good job of adjusting his route and breaking it to the middle. Um, and we needed a we needed a play there. So I knew it was going to be tight coverage. It's pre-snap. The line did a good job protecting. I actually looked to my right first to the post, and that was covered, and then came back to uh, Drew and then to uh, to Randall on the second hitch and just kind of tried to put it in the spot. I felt like he was going to be able to come up with it. And and Randall did a good job with having late eyes. You know, a lot of times when a catch ends up like that, it's, it's the receiver having late eyes. And what I mean by that is not looking like they're going to catch until the last minute because a DB who's not looking at the ball is looking at the receiver uh, because when the ball gets closer, obviously their eyes get a little bigger, and that's when they know to kind of put that hand out and, and knock the ball away. So um, that was a good uh, late eyes by Randall, and then uh, the ball was in a good spot, and Randall almost broke it uh, for an even bigger one. But uh, a big play for us gets going, and we end up uh, Eddie scoring on that drive to, to put us ahead early. Okay, so you mentioned the J-Mike throw. What other ones are on that I-can't-believe-I-got-it-through-there list? Uh, well, it's more just just big throws. Uh, I would uh, I like the one in Atlanta a couple years ago to Jordy uh, to put us in the overtime. That was a big one. Um, oh, in the one you, the regular season one you lost. In, yeah, in the end zone there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I threw a, in the playoffs. I threw a, a kind of across my body to a cross route to Donald. Um, that was uh, you know one of those throws that you're pretty happy about as you as you go back and look at it, but. Um, and then a throw at San Diego on uh, on a, uh, uh, a deep post by Jordy where 
I came off the fake and, and had to keep rolling and threw it kind of across my body and down the field for about 60 yards for a big one. That was, okay. well, those, those are kind of all kind of meld together right. and good uh, good pot of throws there. The uh, the other one I, I wanted to ask you about, and you did a great job of explaining it after the game, so I won't make you do that again mm. specifically, but everyone loved the the throw to Richie. The, which is what you call him now, apparently. I didn't realize yeah, that. Richie, Richard yeah. Rogers. Yeah. Uh, the one-yard touchdown that uh, Domofsky and I, with our Pythagorean theorem, figured out went 39 and a half yards in the, uh, in the air across the field. I'm wondering, it, it was a little bit of a, for lack of a better term, an un-Rogers-like ball, because... You didn't, how much could you see of him? Like, I, can you take us through that part of it where the defense is bearing down on you and you, because you get kind of spun around after you let go, right? Was that was that a little unusual for 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 you? Well, I haven't made that throw before, so that is, that would be unusual. But the finish was was twofold. One, it was to get the impetus to get the ball all the way there, uh, and then second to protect yourself. Yeah. So, you know, I think one thing that uh, that I learned from Brett and watching him for three years was that uh, a lot of times he got criticized for his footwork, but a lot of times he had incredible footwork, and then after the throw he'd move his feet around so nobody could fall on his legs. His legs weren't stuck, you know, kind of like stuck in a statue mode. So he would throw and then move his feet. And that's one thing I actually worked on um, over over the years as, as a backup is always – Always trying to put your body in a position where you're not compromised. Uh, so you guy can't uh, lock your arms up or lock your uh, front leg out uh, as it's um, you know hyper and hyper extended. So anytime you're throwing, it's always it's a throw and then a move uh, to uh, to avoid you know uh, unnecessary injuries. I would say so in that in that situation, as I rolled right and saw that Q was locked up there on the on the front side, just kind of peeked back just to see if, if uh, Richie had been able to sneak out. Um, uh, undetected and and he was kind of waving his hands at me so <laughs> i knew i had to just get a little something extra on it. and i just took one more i looked and then looked back just to see if anybody uh was was around him and it seemed that there was nobody around now i wasn't 100 percent sure I was about 95 percent sure there wasn't yeah. a defender back there and i just knew that i had to get something extra on it because as you and rob with your um your shoes off and your and your socks off were able to count up there um, that it was it had to go forty yards, which rolling to the right and throwing back is is a decent. Uh, you got to put a little little some extra on that, and that's so I, you know, was able to put it in a good spot. And and uh, Richard had the the hopefully possibly maybe not, but maybe the easiest catch of his uh, easiest or hardest, right? I mean, those are easy. You, really, you fool! If you drop that, you'll never live it down. Um, First of all, Richie doesn't drop those. No. He didn't drop anything. I hear he's a good cold-weather tight end, too. Um, last thing about that. What did you think when you saw it on TV? Like, you had to have seen the highlights or something at some point. What did you think when you saw it? I thought I should have stayed in the pocket. Would have been a lot easier throw if I just <laughs> come off the fake, looked at Drew, looked at Richie, throw it to him, touchdown, let's get out of here. All right. Uh we talked a lot about the Patriots. Anything to add, Monty? No. Okay, let's get to Ask Aaron then. Submit your questions via the hashtag Ask Aaron. We challenged you this week. I didn't uh, peruse any of these. No perusal. No. Good. Is that a word? Yeah. Good. You're like Clay Matthews. No, I'm asking you, perusal. Yeah, that's a word. That is? Yeah. Good work per- not perusing. Um, let's start with Nick. He wants to know your favorite and least favorite foods to eat at Thanksgiving dinner. Pumpkin pie, favorite. Okay. Stuffing, least favorite. Really? Yeah, I can't. I just 
I had one bad experience in Napa and uh, with the stuffing growing up, and I just never never went back to it. Okay. It's probably pretty good, I would guess. Most Fair people enough. love. Most people would say. I think a lot of people would say stuffing is their favorite. Yeah. So, what's your favorite? That's not the dessert portion of the program, though. Pumpkin pie. <laughs> Uh, Adam says, "If you- no, I'm going to say a corn casserole. Who? What? Corn casserole? I, uh, we you make it yourself? No, I don't. I cook breakfast and I cook on the grill. That's what I do. Right? You bought that they- griddle at, at like Black Friday a couple of years ago at like Shopco. Griddle? Yeah, the the griddle. That's right? true. You're right. I did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I, I use that a lot. I actually, I have a um, a waffle maker too. So nice. Yep. You're a breakfast. You you do breakfast for dinner sometimes. Yeah. Oh, nice." Yeah. Uh, Adam says, we're all over the map today. Adam says, if you could take one spin in the Back to the Future car, what date would you go to and why? One spin, huh? Uh, The flux capacitor is fluxing. Where are you going? I'm going to have to go way, way back. I want to see the the pyramids in all their glory. Okay. Gold-plated. Pyramids. All right. I like that one. Yeah. I kind of like to be there for the first Christmas. I think that would be interesting. Yeah? Yeah. Anyway, nobody cares what I want to go. Uh, let's go to Paul's question. <laughs> he says, Pey- this goes back to our Tom Brady discussion. He says, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady have faced each other 16 times. Sunday will be the first time that you've ever started a game against Brady, and next year will be the only the second time you've ever faced Manning. You guys play at Denver, right? Um Unless you play either both of them, either of them, or both of them in the Super Bowl, those could be the last times you ever play these two all-time greats that you are constantly judged against. Do you feel any kind of void in your career that you've had so few chances to go head-to-head with the best of your peers? That's a great question, and there's a lot of words in there. But I have a simple answer, and it's no, I don't. That's, really, I don't. I don't have. Avoided my career for not playing them more times. Uh, I have a ton of respect for them and their careers, but again, I don't ever look like look at it like it's one quarterback against another. It takes eleven every single play to be effective, and um, yeah, we play against some great teams in the NFC all the time. They've spent their careers in the in the AFC, and that's just kind of the way it's gone. I'd like to think that at some point in my career, there'll be you know, I'll have a number of matchups against a, a quarterback in the NFC who they. Uh, you know, they they like uh, much in the way that they like Brady and and uh, and Manning, and they can make some comparison there. But I won't have any void from from not playing those guys. Um, rather not, they're they're great players. And you you don't really have a true rival in the NFC. I mean, you and Jay are friends after all he did for Jordan. At we Vanderbilt. can't be rivals though. Friends well, right, but like you don't. Is that is he the guy that I you... think Tom and and. Uh, and Peyton are buddies, right? Right. I guess I don't. So know. So what are you think. saying? I'm saying that uh, there's nobody that you really want to beat. I want to beat. I want to win every game, every game, regardless of who we're playing. I want to want to beat them. So I don't really know where you're going with this. I'm to... not going anywhere. It wasn't my question. Let's keep going. Uh, Marcus <laughs> Marcos says uh, you've said you like to fly under the radar during the season. Uh, with the teams and your recent performances, the Packers aren't flying under anyone's radar anymore. How does that affect your mindset and preparation before and during games? And would you prefer that the Packers were still flying under the radar at this point? No, nah, I mean, the flying under the radar is 
a lot of times happens the way it did this year with us kind of going on the radar for you know five or six weeks as we started to build back into being a contender and then now leading a division obviously if you're leading a division playing really well you're not gonna fly on the radar so this is a big game and and uh, it'll get a lot of attention and and we should as well because we're playing good Uh, we won seven out of eight and and this type of year where you want the attention because now you're starting to, to build for the playoffs um i just want to give travis some credit uh he did not find the video but we do have a photo on twitter that's good enough jerry fontenot with that's a good start thank you travis yes thanks travis so you'll be happy to see that when we get done here ken says my question what is the longest you've sat in traffic after a home game i usually go so about three home games a year, and the Eagles game was the worst traffic I've ever seen. Have you ever gotten stuck in traffic when you're leaving? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it happens, uh, happens a lot. So you start to learn different ways to go to go back. <laughs> it's like when you're driving in uh, Southern California. You have to have, like, six different ways to get to where you're going because you start with one, that doesn't work, go to the second, third, you know. just For me, I'd rather, instead of sitting, and I know many people have got to be like this. Instead of just sitting in traffic, I would rather be moving. Even if, even if I'm taking a really, really long uh, way to get to where I'm going, I'd rather be moving the entire time than sitting in traffic. So that's okay. kind of uh, that's my preference. Sir. So the times you've been stuck in traffic, has anyone looked over and said, "Oh my God, that's oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers next oh, to yeah. us"? Gotten out sometimes. They've gotten out. Yep. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm sure you enjoyed that. I, oh, that's a fun, that fun, fun. Uh, a couple more. Nick says. Will we see the belt make a return this season? I could have sworn that I saw something that looked awfully similar to the belt on Sunday. Was that, Might have been a mini it? one, yeah, very mini, mini, <laughs> mini one. But uh, it's rushing touchdowns. I've had one rushing touchdown. We were down by multiple scores, and then it happened. So there's, it's not belt-worthy there. Okay. That's so, a, that's an important rule. At some point, though, you know, you start to start to look for different things, though. You know what I mean? A mini belt? Mini belt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Alex and Drew's question. Oh, yippee. Your highlight of your day. So you're not in Pitch Perfect 2. What movie would you like to see have a sequel that doesn't already have one? And would you want to be in it? Wild Hogs. <laughs> All right. Yep, I'll be in that one. All right, good luck. I want to be one of the rival biker gang guys, though. You know, for a guy that sees, like, these great documentaries and all these great... You pick some really weird movies to like. Okay. Okay. Uh, last, last. Point few. taken. All right. Uh, Chantel asks, and this I had no idea about. Uh, how is the new puppy, and what is his name? Did you get a dog? No, I don't know what Chantel's talking about. Okay. All right. Good. I was excited. We like dogs. Uh, Ray says, harder throw, the one to Rogers or the one to Cobb, and any update on the live webcam for Tuesdays with Aaron? Uh, I would say the one to Richie was a little bit harder. Yeah. I, I set my feet for the one to Cobb, so I felt like I was going to be pretty accurate with that one. But Richie, I really had to kind of get get something into that one. All right, last two. Uh, Aaron says, if you could only eat one breakfast cereal, you said you're a breakfast guy, mm. uh, for the rest of your life, what would you pick? In college, it was Lucky Charms. We had a meal so, plan, yeah. and at the end of the week, if we had any money left over, we would go to uh, uh, to the crossroads. Um, and which was just down the way, 
and we would uh, spend our money, anything we had left over. Uh, and I would usually get Lucky Charms, and that would be my Sunday meal as I was uh, watching NFL football. You know, I think that was an, an Alex and Drew question earlier this year, now that I think about it. So mm. that's my bad. The last one, uh, but I'm glad that he got to have that question answered for him. Um, the last one comes from Misty. What is on your birthday and Christmas list this year? A week from today, you'll be sub- celebrating your 31st birthday right oh, here on this show. On the show, wow. Yeah. What What better way to spend your birthday? So we'll have to do a really good show then. I, I just, I, I'm just glad. Maybe I'll just do it by myself. Okay, well, that would make it better. Um, so what do you got on your list? Is there anything that you'd like? Well, you know, as you get older, it's more practical things that you that you sure, kind of like. So sure. I, I just actually, uh, Jerry Kelly, a uh, good friend of mine, Wisconsin golfer, went yeah. out to Napa and sent me a, a lot of wine that he uh, he likes. And when I say a lot, I mean multiple cases. Cases? Oh, yeah. So I need a new place to put those. Uh, I need some sort of... Uh, wine chest or... Yeah, something. They would they would fit those those things there. Do so you have a do you have a big enough house that you could uh, yeah. maybe put in a wine yeah probably uh, cellar yeah. Are you that big of a wine drinker? Are you a connoisseur? Kind I am now, thanks to Jerry. Of- <laughs> <laughs> uh, that yeah. What else do I want? Case of grape grape crush. No, I got plenty of that. Thanks to Red. Um, I was just saying the other day when I was thinking of wine thing and. Oh, uh, jacket! I need a new, a new jacket, cold weather jacket. Okay. Is there any specific brand? No. You're, are you? You're not. A, a Fleet Farm has guy. some good stuff, so maybe you're big at Fleet Farm. They yeah. love you there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we will. Uh... I have one thing before we leave here. I just. I oh, need okay. To, I need to do a little plug here. Wow! Mind. Look at you. You came prepared. I, yeah, I am prepared here. Yeah. So anybody who listened to the show or saw me last year at Madison knows how much, uh, you know, uh, I'm. I care about uh, this organization called Race Hope for Congo that we're working with. We did a great uh, thing with Annie Malumba, who's a teammate, uh, Annie Manuel Shariki, and uh, the great people at Race Hope for Congo. So we're doing a little something uh, in two weeks for Monday Night Football with uh, with Omaze, which is a great organization that, that hosts these raffles uh, for prizes. They did an awesome thing for uh, Breaking Bad recently. For uh, uh, They raised a ton of money. Um, and, and two people got to spend uh, the day with the characters from Breaking Bad and ride an RV over to the premiere of, uh, of one of the seasons. So what, what Omaze is doing here, which is O-M-A-Z-E uh, dot com slash Packers, is that we're raffling off uh, for 10 bucks is the raffle. You can you can get uh, your airfare, hotel, and tickets to a Packer game. You get pregame passes. I'll come over and say what's up to you. Uh, we'll spend some time together for Monday Night Football for the for the uh, Falcons game coming up on December 8th. So I want to put that plug out there that you can go to omaze.com, that's O-M-A-Z-E.com slash Packers, and find out a little bit more about it. All the proceeds goes to Raise Hope for Congo, which you don't know anything about that. Go to Raise Hope for Congo, which is under the Enough Project online, and, uh, and see some videos about the amazing work they're trying to do there to end the conflict that's going on that revolves around... Uh, the minerals that we use in all of our smart products. So check that out. Thanks for the plug. That's and, very cool. Uh, uh, can so I'll tweet this out because I know you think nobody listens to the show. But are you? You, you have think, an, do you have enough followers? <laughs> I, I have forty six thousand. Whoa! Of which wow! You're not one of them, you jerk. Yeah. Um, no, but you have about one point five million. Yeah. Are you willing to break your rule? 
uh, of no tweeting so we can get this out to more people. Maybe Olivia can tweet it out. A few other people get the link out there. Would you? If you put it out there, we'll make sure enough people retweet it. Okay. Yeah. I will do that right now. Start with your 46,000. Let's see how many. Why you got to? I'm not. I'm, that's, that's amazing. No, it's not. How many that. does uh, this Sydney or Madison have? Do they have do they have that many or I what? Don't know how many. Paula, what does she have? She have? Paula's got forty-five thousand. Yeah. Uh, Domofsky's got thirty-three thousand. Oh, you really? That's like a badge of honor for you that you have uh, more than no. More than it's Domofsky. because I, I, you know what? Last night I was like tweeting with people about watching the Ferguson coverage. Yeah. I just like interacting with people. Yeah. I just think it's a great medium. And I know you like doing it in the off season. I when do. You use it. It's I love a neat it. way to be able to connect with people. Except you for the trolls be. out there. But. There's a few of them. So yeah. we'll uh, we'll go out and uh, make sure we get you some more grape crush. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.